from pune this is awr adventist world radio welcome to our international english service join us on our program today with music coming to you from benji koshi and the malashenko family singers a feature on how to walk out of obesity ending our program with god's word on the topic dynamite in the bible i am sharad and i am maureen and you're listening to adventist world radio the voice of hope we have a song by benji koshi entitled shake the world Share their burdens, we can shake the world. 
You heard Benji Koshi with a song on Adventist World Radio. Along with us, we have Dr. Chitra talk about how to walk out of obesity. In many countries today, fitness is in. Stut your sweat, lace up your Reeboks. The majority of fat people, woefully unfit, are feeling out of step. When I hear that a person has to run 10 miles to work off an ice cream sundae, I feel like, what's the use? There are other choices. You can burn the calories by sleeping for 15 hours or by watching TV for 12 hours. The body is a motor that runs all the time. The rate at which the body motor idles is called its basal metabolic rate. The faster the motor runs, the more fuel is used. However, when fuel supplies are cut or not enough calories are consumed, an inner mechanism turns down the body's idling speed. Available fuel now burns more slowly. This function is life-saving under conditions of starvation, but it defeats the person trying to lose weight. Can this reaction be prevented? Activity speeds up the body's metabolic rate. Not only are more calories burned during exercise, but the effect continues for several hours. That's why most people feel more energetic when they exercise. The BMR of the body reflects this. A regular exercise program promotes weight loss by pepping up the metabolism or burning calories faster. How many calories do I need? Multiplying your current weight by 10 approximates the daily calories you need to maintain the status quo even if you are bedfast. Add to this your activity calories. An average sedentary person uses about 30% of his BMR calories for activity calories. Added together, this represents the number of calories you must eat every day to maintain your weight. For example, if you weigh 150 pounds, your BMR needs would be 1,500 calories and your activity calories would be 450, a total of 1,950 calories. To lose weight, you have to achieve a negative energy balance. Either you reduce the number of calories coming in, that is you eat less, or you increase the number of calories that go out, that is you become more active. Only then will your body be forced to burn its reserve fuel, the body fat. But why not combine the two methods? If you eat fewer calories and you burn off more of them with exercise, your BMR will remain lively and you will lose weight consistently over an extended period. Does muscle turn to fat as a person gets older? Muscle tissue does not turn into fat. It is physiologically impossible for this to happen. As people get older and become less active, however, their muscles shrink and their BMR slows down. Calories burn less efficiently and fat accumulates. Part of that fat is stored in spaces around muscle fibers, making it appear that muscles could turn into fat. An important point to understand is that muscles burn fat. When more muscle tissue is present, fat will burn faster and more efficiently. Is that why men seem to be able to eat more and yet lose weight faster than women? Correct. And this is another reason exercise helps so much with weight control. Exercise builds muscles and muscles burn fat. 
on the other hand lack of exercise and overly rigorous dieting will cause the body to lose muscle if the situation persists for a long time it may become almost impossible to lose further weight is 30 minutes of exercise 3 times a week enough once a person has reached normal weight and a good level of fitness that may be sufficient but overweight people must aim higher at least an hour a day so what is the best exercise the safest and best exercise is walking swimming is a close second people with higher levels of fitness may choose more strenuous exercises start slowly with what you can do how fast you go isn't the most important thing what counts is the total distance covered and the duration of the activity some people must start with only 5 minutes at a time several times a day a person who walks 5 minutes carrying 50 pounds of extra weight will burn more calories than a person carrying only 20 extra pounds who walks the same distance if you want to be thin get in shape put your best foot forward begin to walk your way out of obesity and keep going for a lifetime we are sure you are benefited through this talk if you need more information about our program you are invited to write to us at adventist world radio post box number 17 pune 411001 maharashtra india that is adventist world radio post box number 17 pune 411001 maharashtra india And now here's another number by the Melashenko family singers Dig a little deeper Nearer to thee Nearer to thee I want to be I want to be I'm going to dig a little deeper in the stars of his love of his love I want to shine I want to shine with love divine with love divine I'm going to dig a little deeper in the storehouse of his love, of his love. Now don't you want to dig a little deeper in God's love? I'm going to dig a little deeper in God's love. I'm going to dig a little deeper in the storehouse of his love, of his love. I'm going to walk a little more like a Christian should. I'm going to talk a little more like I know I should. I'm going to dig a little deeper in the storehouse of Of his love, his love. I want to do, I want to do whatever is true, whatever is true. I'm gonna dig a little deeper in the storehouse of his love, of his love. I want to shine, I want to shine with love divine, with love divine. I'm going to dig a little deeper in the storehouse of his love, of his love. Now don't you want to dig a little deeper in God's love? I'm going to dig a little deeper in God's love. I'm going to dig a little deeper in the storehouse of his love, of his love. I'm going to walk a little more like a Christian should. I'm going to talk a little more like I know I should. I'm going Dig a little deeper in the storehouse of his love, of his love. Now don't you want to dig a little deeper in God's love? I'm going to dig a little deeper in God's love. I'm going to dig a little deeper in the 
storehouse of his love. Well, I'm gonna walk a little more like a Christian should. I'm gonna talk a little more like I know I should. I'm gonna dig a little deeper in the storehouse of his Time now for Bible Talk. Join our hosts Gary Gibson and John Bradshaw, speakers for Amazing Facts Ministry, as they now open the Bible and discuss the theme that will affect your life today. Stay tuned. The next 15 minutes will deepen your understanding of God's Word. Hi there and welcome to Bible Talk, where we talk about the Bible and how the Bible affects us today. I'm John Bradshaw. With me is Gary Gibbs. Hi, Gary. Hi, John. Today we're going to be talking about dynamite in the Bible. Dynamite in the Bible? Dynamite in the Bible. You, you know the story of dynamite, don't you? Tell me the story of dynamite. Alfred Nobel, the one who funded the Nobel Prizes, Nobel Peace Prize, we often of, think of. kind of funny, isn't it? Nobel Peace Prize, he's the guy who come with dynamite. Well, he was a pacifist, and he created dynamite to actually uh, stop war. He thought if they could create, if he created something so destructive as dynamite, people wouldn't dare fight with each other because they could obliterate civilization. Well, I've got to give the guy some credit. We had, we had that sort of scenario at the end of the Cold War. When the Soviets decided they wouldn't square off the Americans anymore because they felt like they'd get obliterated. So perhaps his, his principle worked a little bit. And one of the reasons he probably funded uh, the Nobel Prizes is one day he woke up and he started reading the French newspapers to read his brother Ludwig's obituary. Because oh. he just died uh, the day or two before. And the editor of the newspaper made a mistake. He thought that Alfred had died and he wrote the obituary for Alfred. And the headline said, The Merchant of Death is Dead. Oh, really? And here he was, a pacifist. He was a guy that was trying to promote peace and happiness. And, and they're calling him the Merchant of Death. It just depressed him. And he ended up leaving his uh, fortune anyway to these Nobel Prizes. He probably said something like Mark Twain said, Rumors of my death have been greatly exaggerated. It was that day for sure. But, you know, the dynamite, where you find it in the Bible, is when Alfred Nobel created dynamite, he didn't have a name for it. So he went looking for a word to describe the explosive power of this uh, chemical reaction that he had there. And so he came up with this Greek word dunamis. And dunamis is found in the Bible in Romans 1, verse 16, where it talks about the power of the gospel. The Bible says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. So the Bible makes clear that this gospel in which we believe, this gospel we accept is a gospel of power, great power, dynamite power. And that's important to know as a Christian, because I, if we don't realize that, then as a Christian, we profess Christ, we do the things Christians do, but we not, might not be experiencing God's power to transform our lives. And that's what Paul is talking about in Romans 1, about the, the gospel. It has power to transform us. I've got a friend who uh, mines gypsum in Nevada. And this is the first time I was exposed to dynamite. And yeah, I grew up playing with firecrackers and that sure. type of stuff, but never with dynamite. And he took me to one of uh, the gypsum mines, and he placed several sticks of dynamite in a hole in the ground, ran a cord, and we hit on the other side of the hill there, and he pushed the plunger, and cup. 
boom, the mountain blew up. Rocks and dirt and everything went flying everywhere. I thought it was great fun. I mean, this was much better than throwing a few firecrackers in a hole. Well, he transformed the side of the mountain. And as Christians, when we accept the gospel in our lives, it changes us. John, you know, before I became a Christian, I cursed. I had all, you know, I did so many things. You know, I broke every one of the Ten Commandments. Sure. Uh, it, but when I accepted Christ, I didn't have to go about trying to change my life. God changed my life because the gospel came in. I didn't want to do those things anymore. Many people I've spoken to talk to me about this on the subject of, well, let's just say smoking. They mm-hmm. say, I couldn't do it. I just said to God, God, you have to do it for me. You have to do it for me. And when they prayed that prayer, said, I can't, but you can. Suddenly there was power in the life and the addiction was broken. That's so true. And that is the power of the gospel. You know, the Bible says that when Jesus spoke, people said, wow, look at this. He speaks with authority, speaks with power. When the disciples went out and they were preaching, they were given, according to Luke 9, power and authority over devils and cured diseases. In Acts 6, verse 8, the apostle, the uh, deacon Stephen was full of faith and power. He did great wonders and miracles among the people. And what is that power? There is creative power in the Word of God, isn't there? In the beginning, God spoke. Boom! The, the Big Bang Theory, if you like. He spoke and There was a big bang when suddenly something was created. He called something out of nothing by the power resident in his word. So if that word then were to get into my heart and my life, it's going to bring power. Jesus said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. So if I'm connected to Christ, Mm -hmm. I am connected with the source of all the power of the universe. It says in Hebrews, if I'm not mistaken, that Jesus upholds all things by the word of his power. Now, I'm not scared that the sun is going to fall out of the sky. You don't wake up every morning praying that God will keep the sun up there. I don't sweat it. I'm not worried that the rings around Saturn are going to somehow fall off and come loose. Jesus is upholding them by the word of his power. So if that power can uphold the sun in the sky and the moon in its place and the rings around Saturn and Pluto right out there where it ought to be, that power ought to be enough to uphold me and you and anyone else looking for that power of God. Now, is there a Bible text that talks about he is able to keep us from falling? I tell you what, that seems in, like I recall that in Jude, is it? Jude verse 24. Now unto him who was able to keep you from falling and present you faultless. And it goes on. Jude 24 says there's power in God. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Power to keep us from falling? Now, hey, have you, have you contemplated what this means here? That there's power in God to change your life, make you new, and uh, empower you through His Spirit to live the life of Christ. Wow, now we're talking. You know, I think this is an excellent time for us to tell our listeners that at the end of the program, we're going to give them a telephone number, email address, and a postal address where they can write or call and get our free offer today, Is It Possible to Live Without Sinning? You want to get hold of this. This is power-packed. This will connect you with the power of God, the saving power of the grace of God. Is it possible to live without sinning? Call now, us, write us, you've got to get it. Now, we're always going to be sinners, John. And and we do stumble, we do fall. It's like my, my little children who have to learn how to walk. And we have to learn how to walk with God. But, you know, if we're still, if my little child, who I've got one now that's 19 months old as we're taping this, you know, if two years from now she's still walking five steps and falling, I'm going to take her to the doctor. 
Yeah. You know, if she walks five and falls and walks five and fall and walks five steps and fall, she's going to the doctor, something's wrong. Some Christians are falling into the same old sins over and over and over and over again. They need to find this power, don't they? Now, I've got to pull you up here a minute because you, you, you said we're going to give away a book called Is It Possible to Live Without Sinning? And then you said we're always going to be sinners. Now, would you like to clarify that just a little bit? Well, we're, we're sinners by nature, which means we're always going to be tempted. We're always and, going to be tempted. And the truth of the matter is, once you're a sinner, you're always a sinner, right? If I live from now to the day I die without having sinned, I'd still have been a sinner. And there are depths of temptation. There are different degrees of temptation. You know, I, I don't curse. I don't, I don't smoke anymore. I don't do uh, drugs. I don't do a number of things. I don't go to some places I went to when I was a non-Christian. But I'm still tempted in other areas. So what you're saying is we're always going to be prone. We're always going to be subject to temptation. And God's always going to be revealing to us uh, the depth of sin in our natures, and we're going to have to learn that. And we often, unfortunately, learn that through falling, uh, but we learn how to surrender more and more and overcome. But, you know, we, let's get back to this power issue. Sure. As Christians, I think, though, we often settle for firecracker power, you know, just a little bit of power, a little bit of the evidence of God in our life. You know, as long as I'm not cursing, I'm not smoking and not drinking, well, for some people, they'd want a victory over that. Others wouldn't, and they could still be happy claiming to be Christians. But we, we get these minimum requirements to be a Christian in our mind, and, and different religions, different churches, different denominations have their basic minimum requirements. And then we're satisfied with that while we're neglecting the power of the gospel. We're kind of like that man in Romans 7 in some of the descriptions. You know, we're often like this. It describes our common experience where we say we know what is right, but we keep doing what is wrong. Oh, miserable man that I am. And then... St. Paul comes along and, and, and really caps this thing off. He said, who is going to deliver me from uh, the body of this death in Romans 7 and verse 24? What an interesting story about where that phrase came from. Way back, they'd execute people, often murderers, by attaching them to the dead body that, of the person they'd murdered. Mm. And, and yeah, man, you can just imagine what's going to happen. While there. they're still alive, chain them to this dead body. Oh, man. And then after a while, uh, yeah, I don't want to go there. but Death would bring death. Death would bring death. Paul is saying, while I'm struggling with this and chained to this, where's the hope for me? He says, there's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who now walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. See, here's what we've got to understand. A lot of people sell Jesus short. Mm -hmm. They've got a, a tiny conception and they think far too small. When you become a Christian, you invite Jesus into your heart. What does he bring? He brings his righteousness, right? He brings his presence. Now, man, when the presence of Jesus comes into your heart, you just can't be the same again. For instance, the story in the Bible, Jesus enters the temple. He enters the temple and all the money changes and all the sinners flee. Mm -hmm. They run. What do they run from? Don't tell me they run from an angry face, a man turning over tables, a man with a whip in his hand. Come on, these were big, strong men. Were they going to be scared by a, a, a humble, peasant-looking fellow? No, man, they ran from the condemnation of his presence. When Jesus got into that temple, the sinners couldn't be there anymore, and out they went. Listen, when Jesus gets into the temple of your life, something's going to take place. Sin won't feel comfortable in there anymore, and the presence of Jesus is going to begin to drive this out. You know, the problem we have too often, though, is we enjoy the temptation. Now, come on, that, that's and, true. And because we like that, we don't want the presence of God there. 
reminds me of a true story came out of World War II when enlisted men in a Florida training camp were given an exercise. Their daily routine was to run an obstacle course with their packs on their backs. Sure. Of course, it's Florida. It's hot. It's the middle of the summer. It's humid. On the final stretch of this endurance test, they have to grab a rope and swing across a broad, shallow pool. Well, many of the men for some reason couldn't make it across the pool and they would fall right down in the middle of the water. Man, I reckon the reason they couldn't make it is because it was a nice hot day and that was nice cool water. You call it temptation. They were hot and sweaty and they had this curious habit of just falling in the water until an enterprising lieutenant made that pond the new home for a large alligator. Oh, okay. And from that day on, the recruits left the ground several feet before the water's edge and they fell sprawling in the dust well over on the other side of the pond. They were motivated now. Motivated. First case of Gatorade increasing <laughs> athletic ability in men. Gatorade. Okay. But, you know, if, if we enjoy temptation, we're going to give in to temptation. What we have to do is we have to look at the cross, and we have to see what sin does to God. Right. It put Jesus to death. And sin does the same thing to us, like that illustration of being strapped to the dead body. It destroys our quality of life. It destroys heaven's happiness, too. It caused the death of God's Son. And when we get a good long look at the cross, we will have a distaste for temptation and for sin. And then we'll find the way out is through Jesus Christ. Don't forget, we want you to get our free offer today. Is it possible to live without sinning? Soon you'll hear the number and the address and be sure to get this little book. It'll be a blessing to your life. Hey, I thank God there's power in Jesus. It's not just power. This is dynamite power. The dunamis that there is in the gospel of Jesus Christ, where Jesus is, where his presence is, there is power. He wants to transform your life. He wants to give you a new experience, victory where there is defeat, joy where there is sorrow. Hey, thanks for joining us today. We're done right now. Join us again next time for more with Gary Gibbs. I'm John Bradshaw. This has been Bible Talk. We believe you are enjoying the program. Bible Talk was presented to you through the courtesy of Live Talk Radio. You are listening to The Voice of Hope from Pune, India. We are sure you found our program interesting and beneficial. You may have questions regarding God's Word, we invite you to write to us. Our address is Adventist World Radio, Post Box Number 17, Pune, 411001, Maharashtra, India. That's Adventist World Radio, Post Box Number 17, Pune, 411001, Maharashtra, India. With this, we come to the end of our program. Be sure to tune in again. I am Sharad. And I'm Maureen, signing off from Adventist World Radio. Until then, may you have good health and enjoy all the blessings of our loving God. Goodbye.